the 11 to 1 show. LMFM. Big knickers, toddler tantrums and a whole lot of drama. She is back for a fourth film. All the details coming your way. But first, here's Kylie. Kylie Minogue spinning around this Monday morning. Sinead Brazel here. Hope you are keeping well. 086-1800-658 if you'd like to get in touch. Now, break out the Chardonnay and the big knickers. And let's belt out Celine Dion because she is back. I am delighted to see this. Spotted it on our website, lmfm.ie this morning. It is Renee Zellweger, Colin Firth, maybe Hugh Grant. I am talking about, of course, Bridget Jones. How? How? I hear you ask. Well, there's a fourth film. Yeah. And they've all signed up. Now, I don't know about the Hugh Grant one, but definitely Renee Zellweger. Definitely Colin Firth returning for the new film. And we won't have long to wait, apparently, for the next instalment to hit the franchise, as in just a few months it's going to be filming uh, the sequel, according to sources. So the fourth film will begin filming in May in London. And the plot is supposed to be based on Miss Fielding's 2013 novel, Bridget Jones' Mad About the Boy, which saw her raise young children as a sing- now, single mum, right? But... Am I not mistaken? Did she not get her happy ever after in the third movie? I'll have to brush up and, and remember the third film. But I don't know. Maybe it's just loosely based on this. Anyway, while navigating social media and dating apps. So has herself and Mr. Darcy, has that not worked out? What's going on there? So we'll have to wait and see how much of that plot they're going to they're gonna you know use in the script. But uh, also showing up in some capacity for this new adventure are Colin Firth oh it does say Hugh Grant okay okay he's going to make an appearance as well Uh, even though Hugh Grant was missing from the third film apparently he signed up to this one so that's good it says um, Bridget is back she's about to take over London London filming is being mapped out already and all of the pre-production is in place which is very very exciting but the movie is coming there you go So fans of Bridget Jones, we have a fourth movie to look forward to and I'm for it. Yeah, I just loved the first one particularly and the second. All of them are just great. So, so funny. She's brilliant. They're really great in it as well. There's always some kind of mad adventures and she always gets herself into such sticky situations. You know, a lot of us can relate to some of the sticky situations she ends up in, you know, very embarrassing. Like I'll always remember her attempt to try and, you know, create like really the cream of the crop kind of cuisine at home. And she had to tie, was it leeks, I think, with twine and she ended up using like blue rope and then the soup was blue. I mean, fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Where would you get it? So that is something we have to look forward to. Now, I want to mention on the show today a very special uh, guy uh, from Dundalk and uh, we're hopefully going to be chatting to him during the week on the show but all eyes were on the designs of these amazingly talented students in uh, Ireland because Irish design first of all the top prize so an Irish design from Moat Community School that nabbed the top prize in the world design like world designer of the year for Junk Couture which is unreal so there was 60 um, designs that made uh, it into the final completely from recycled materials and you know they were all in Monocote for this uh, fantastic final and each territory including Ireland the UK France Italy and uh, the USE uh, so they brought all their, their designs to the to the judges and for people not familiar with this 
So they're an eco-conscious fashion competition that allows post-primary school students from across the country to design, create and model jaw-dropping creations. So the first one, as I mentioned there, from the Moat Community School, that was designed by Eva Donlin and Evie Nugent and Maeve uh, O'Shea from Moat Community School. So they made their design from plastic colour samples from various plastic objects. So they used over 2,500 tags hand-sewn together. I mean... That is amazing. And apparently these samples usually end up in landfill because the different colours uh, make them difficult to recycle. So they have really highlighted all of that as well. And fair play to them. But there's also a nice little local connection to this as well because... We have a student from Dundalk who I'm hoping to chat to during the week. His name is Theo Connolly. He's a sixth year student from Dundalk Grammar School. He put Ireland on the fashion map as well. So what he did was uh, he had a gender neutral creation called La Nouveau Riche and he scooped the award for ready to wear on stage at the forum. So he is from Blackrock County Loud, was one of 10 finalists to represent Ireland. And this is just unreal that he would uh, win this category as well. Just really, really brilliant. Um, so he said it was incredibly uh, credible award, which highlights uh, the hard work and dedication in creating a runway ready attire. And it's very fitting for his hopeful future in the fashion industry. And uh, apparently he was heavily influenced by the elaborate and intricate Venetian masks and also you know the mysterious plague doctor masks uh, way way back so he kind of was inspired by both of these things together and wanted to create something really opulent and extravagant so he brought this vision to life and he also incorporated elements from the iconic painting Marie Antoinette in a white chemise dress so all of that went into it is eye-catching to say the least. The design is un-unreal. So we'll hopefully be chatting to Theo. I'm working on it. Uh, we'll be chatting to him during the week on the show. But that is amazing to get to that stage. And I just think that competition is fantastic what they do because not only is there a fantastic message around climate change and sustainability but also it's introducing uh, you know youngsters to the world of fashion who might then go on and pursue a career and it looks like Theo is well on his way so congratulations to him there's Keen Duck Row I'll be waiting got new music from Noah Khan on the way and 50 Ways to Kill Your Mammy star. He is arriving back on our TV screens in a fantastic looking new series. More details of that as well. The 11 to 1 show. Want to just let you know that Drogheda and District Chamber, they are holding a coffee and chat event. It's happening in Anglo Printers in Drogheda on Wednesday morning from 8am. So local business owners and managers are invited to chat with each other and the Chamber team over a light breakfast. For more information or to book your free ticket in advance, you can contact Brenda. So she's Brenda at drogheda.chamber.ie or you can check out drogheda.chamber.ie for more information. Now back to the music. Here's Noah Can. Noah Khan sticks season I just love this guy he was one of the first guests if not the very first guest actually on this show almost five years ago and I love to follow his career and what he's up to I'm talking about Baz Ash Maui and he says he's uh, at this stage of his life now where he's just not bothered about what anyone thinks about him so he says uh, this move into drama which is going to be on our TV screens tonight he's just said he's, he doesn't care what the critics think and I'm thinking fantastic I was reading about him over the weekend but this is a brand new Irish comedy and it's coming to Virgin Media TV 
tonight and it's called Faithless and uh, this is kind of his first I suppose foray into into drama and uh, it's described as a comedic honest and insightful look at an emerging Ireland with its multicultural facets and challenges so he plays an Egyptian dad in Dublin with a kind of a crazy family life Uh, he's dad to daughters and uh, you know he kind of let's just say he's Dane and his luck a lot. Things sort of, you know, he's a bit unlucky. He's a bit unlucky. So he has, you know, the usual, you know, problems with the in-laws. Um, himself and the wife argue over this the same things, I suppose, that we argue over. <laughs> the fact that our husbands don't do enough. You know, this crack. You know, this sort of crack. Anyway, I'm going to give you a little taster from the trailer. Here it is. Faithless, starring Baz Ashmawi. I'm Sam, the ultimate dad. You are a useless man. You do nothing. Well, sort of. You are not a loser. You're just very unlucky. I've got it all. A supportive family. Remember this moment, Layla. You're going to need the therapy in a few years' time. My family is cursed. Three beautiful girls. You're so cringe. Accepting in-laws. Have I ever been racist to you? You're always racist to me. Because I'd hate to make you feel awful. And a wife that loves me. Tracy! I mean, loved me. It's okay to be upset. You're not a table, are you? Find it in. You're an upset Muslim man with a backpack. It's not a great look. A brand new Irish comedy. I'm like... Useless. About turning your life around. I'm not a very good daddy, am I? You're the bestest daddy. One mistake at a time. You're not a very good mommy yet. Faithless. Coming soon to Virgin Media Player and Virgin Media One. Oh, it looks absolutely brilliant. And uh, that's tonight, Virgin Media. Go on, Bazash Maui, we love him. There's the cores with Breathless. Be prepared to be out of breath with the laughter because we are going to be talking to the Dirtbirds very, very soon. They are on their new tour. It's Girls World. It's going to be coming to Drogheda's Crescent Concert Hall in April. And just to whet the appetite now before the girls come on, as we know, they love their observational humour and there's a fantastic video on their Facebook about what happens when we run into the guards. Here it is. I think if it wants to play. Oh, hang on. Lovely. Here we go. There we go. It's really, really lovely. So yeah. yes. Oh, Jesus Christ, Linda. It's what? the guards. It's the guards. Will I turn around? Relax. Will I turn around? Oh, oh my God. Were we speeding? No, we were speeding. Have you your seatbelt on? I have my oh, seatbelt Oh my God. Are they, the tax. Yeah. I don't know about the tax. The tax oh my God. They're stopping people. The tax. Check my the NCT. Tax is Check in. the NCT. The NCT Jesus is complete. Two months left of the NCT. Oh my God. Oh, the brake light. The brake light. The brake. They will see the brake light when I pass them. Of course they will. They're not stupid. Do you know what I mean? Oh my God, what if they're breathalyzing people? If they're breathalyzing people, I'm screwed. You won't drink. I'm screwed. Yeah, I was. I was yeah. drinking on Thursday. It's Sunday. It doesn't matter. It stays in your system. That's the way it works. It stays in your system. Oh, and then they breathalyze you. And then you lose your license. If I lose my license, I lose my job. If I lose my job, I lose my house. And then I'm homeless. And then they take my children off me. That's what happens, you know? I'm telling you now, Linda, I'm going down. I am going down. How you doing, guard? Everything all right? Yeah, everything's grand. There was an accident up ahead. Uh, you have to take the next left, follow the diversion signs, all right? Okay, guard. Okay, have a good day. Thanks for that. <laughs> oh, thank God. Thank God. Oh, my God. Oh, I had that very well, though, didn't I? I stayed really calm. I thought I stayed really calm. <laughs> <laughs> this is the kind of humour we can expect this and so much more with the Dirt Birds. We're going to catch a word with the girls next. Oh, the 11 to 1 show. Oh,
Comedy duo, internet sensation, the Dirtbirds, they are back with their hilarious new show, Gay Girls World. And although they've sold out the Crescent Concert Hall on April 13th, they have announced that they are adding a second date on April 12th. So the new show features Stand Up Plus, of course, the very funny sketches that are based on their sharp eye of observations on our mad, mad world. They always have audiences roaring with laughter and I'm delighted to have Sue Collins and Sinead Colbert back on the show with me. Good morning, ladies. Ladies, how are you? Morning, Shane. Oh, it's great how to have you. you. I'm good, I'm good. I almost said gay world instead of girls world. That would have been well, a very different that. show. Yeah, and I thought you're, you're going to get cancelled now. And, uh, and not that. <laughs> That's the end of that interview. Uh, but I did uh, see that you're very much feeling the love from Drada. A second date added to this tour. That is fantastic news. The Drada, the Drada gals love you. They do. We're huge, huge in Drada. Um, no, they're one of full stop. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We're doing a three-month tour allowed. Um, no, they're brilliant. <laughs> they're actually one of the best audiences we have, and that is without a shadow of a doubt. It's just the crack is mighty. So yeah, the yeah, first night I'm... went went good. Oh, and then the second night, woohoo! Come on down. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm. I'm... I'm from Dundalk myself. Yeah, like, so listen, I'm you know, only... that's dodgy. You know, dodgy having a Dundalk woman in Drogheda. You know that, though, from the past experience, I'd say. Yeah, I mean, we're, listen, us loud women support each other 100%. End of story. The best looking women in the country. Look at the cores from Dundalk. <laughs> I just played the cores there, actually, before you came on. And, you know, the cores have, have made it, you know, into a new Hollywood movie with Lindsay Lohan. I mean, the, the star oh. there never faded, did it? No, that's oh, brilliant. Yeah. I didn't know that. I mean, I'm in a movie myself. Are you? Lindsay Lohan. I didn't mention that. We'll, myself and Sue are... Look, that's yeah. a whole different other... Uh, I'm only joking. <laughs> you got me excited there. You got me... Not yet. <laughs> We're only in it for about three seconds. Love we us. are there. <laughs> no, listen, we are we are we are working on some television ideas at the moment, which are there's a few little things cooking in the background, but nothing to announce just yet. Oh, very interesting because I was just talking about Baz Ashmawi. You know, this is a little bit, little bit of a left to field thing for him. He's doing Faithless, which is on uh, tonight, and I thought, God, the girls. I wonder would they ever do something like this, something similar themselves? So very interesting. We'll we'll. We'll watch this space, yeah. Absolutely. Well, we started off. We started off writing scripts together originally, Sinead. You know yeah. what I mean? We were, we were always writing telly scripts. Some, you know, very, 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 very nearly got made, and you know the usual. It didn't in the end, and that kind of thing. So we're constantly working on um, telly projects. That's kind of our big goal, you know. So um, you know, to, to bring the Dirtbirds brand to the screen, it'd be great, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. it really and, would. And or movies, and it's funny because. Uh, we said as soon as we have this live show up and running, that is exactly where we'll be putting all our focus. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, next year, Baptist, Sinead, that's what's going to be happening. <laughs> I love it. Listen, it's called Aim Big. We're in a new moon, so you can manifest these things now, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have a vision board the size of a small country, let me tell you. There's everything on it, Sinead. You're on it. Love it. You're on it. I said, we, I manifested this interview, actually. <laughs> so there you go. The proof, look, it, it works, people. It works absolutely. Um, now, I was struck as well by your very cool retro-looking poster. Whose idea ah. was it to transform you into an 80s doll styling head? That was, that was our idea. idea. 
Well, yeah, I, think I, I can't remember. I think Sinead came up with it because, and she was kind of going, "Do you remember Girls' World? Do you remember?" Yeah. And I was, Jesus, I was propelled right back to the eighties, seventies, and eighties when you you were messing around with your makeup and your doll's head, and it was like, "Oh my god!" And people have have seen the poster and go, "I totally forgot about that." Yeah. So it is kind of nostalgia, you know. Oh, it totally yeah, is. Yeah, and it's kind, it's kind of a, it's a nod to, well, it's a nod to that uh, 80s era, but also uh, it's, a, it's, it's basically what the show is about. It's just all about how women think, what you know, how women behave. And it's not just for women, by the way. Any men um, that are out there and, and hearing this wondering, thinking they're not welcome, you're always welcome, we love men, I mean... Prepare to be humiliated, but you're welcome. <laughs> you mightn't come back um, after the interval, but you are welcome. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, they will. We always have great crack, but it is just we're just laughing at what women do together, and you know what yeah. women, what what also, preoccupies women. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> what is in the mad minds of women? And also, you'll notice this um, world tour in there as well in the title because yeah. we are going yeah. further afield. We're, we're, we're leaving the, the island and we're going over. We're, we're doing, doing the UK first at the end of the year. We're doing Glasgow, Manchester and London again. We did two London gigs there in December and January. And we're going back to Leicester Square Theatre um, for a couple yeah. of nights at the end of the year as well. And then there's plans for, oh, everywhere, Sinead, Australia. New Amazing. Zealand, yeah. They, so the, the the girls are definitely going around the world. I love that. And you know, when I saw this image as well, I, like, you know, you're talking about uh, happy memories. Absolutely. Like so many people had these styling heads back in the day. And I remember like my friends would be there putting the curlers in perfectly and the lipstick on the doll. And I'd be piercing the styling heads ears. Do you know what I mean? And, and colouring their hair in with marker. Like I absolutely mangled mine. Like that's the kind of, <laughs> that's the kind of child I was. Very creative. You know what I mean? Yeah, oh, very I mean, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but like, I think that the, the whole image as well, it's like the whole thing. We, we're somewhere, somewhere in all of us, no matter what age we are, we're still the little girl doing that. You yeah. Know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Of. And as well, when, when like our show is so much, so much a, a girl's night out that you, you turn into, you know, <laughs> you know, with, with a gaggle of girls, a gaggle of women, you turn into the girl too. You know what I mean? Yeah. You go back. Your 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 teenagers again. You're shrieking, laughing. It's kind of different to going out with your your fella. You know, it's a different vibe. Yeah. So it's, um, and we we always have a, we always have a great laugh, Sinead, because there's only a especially if we're performing in 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 hotels and places like Drogheda. You know, there isn't a lot that separates us from the audience. You can hear the audience chatting. Yeah. And of course, it's usually gangs of girls, but we're always laughing at the the level of denial. You know, you can hear them coming in going. No, I'll be home by 11. I'm not going to overdo it. You know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, it's, today's only Thursday. So, and then literally cut to 11 o'clock when it's finished and you can see the same gang hammered, twerking, twerking at the door <laughs> yeah. going, where to next? Where to? And there's a poor husband. Home. Did we do yeah, there's a poor husband sitting in a car somewhere Horrick is sitting in a car in a coma going, Jesus Christ. <laughs> 800 women. And, she give, and they always give lifts to everybody else, don't they? When you oh, get yeah. a few drinks, you offer, my husband will come back for you. You wait there. He leaves all of us home. And Jim, then he Jim, comes back. You do five rounds, Jim. <laughs> back and forth. Back and forth. Like no, he doesn't mind. He doesn't mind. Not at all. Do you mind, Jim? 
Oh, that's oh, exactly it. And you know, you 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 very much have encompassed the LMFM staff night eight, really, just in in that one thing that you've just said there. <laughs> There's always someone that says shots, and we see her coming with a tray, and we're just like, oh no, it's always like that. And then you know what I mean. You just get swept up in it, and we always have that. No, no, listen, look, you know, we're going to be grand. We're going to. I'm not. Go- I'm not going to fusion. I'm, I'm not, not going, going to fusion. You. you know what I mean? No, and then no, and yeah, and it's all this. You know what? No, it's not worth it. Ah, it's not worth it. And you have as good a time just having a few drinks. Cut to me and Sue in London. We did that. We were over in London. We did a gig over there. It was amazing. And again, before the gig, we were like, you know what? We don't need to overdo it. See that lovely little tapas bar there? We'll just go for a couple of glasses of wine. Civilised. Yeah, yeah. Sue, what did we end up in? We we, we cut to us in a tuk-tuk at four o'clock in the morning. Doesn't matter how much euro. it is. A hundred <laughs> euro for two. Oh my god! Yeah, there's a very yeah. We are our cards are frozen. Your back is And can I tell you, Sinead? Yeah. Literally, he, he drove us ten meters. <laughs> we got into the tuk tuk. We danced around Kylie Minogue in the back of it, and then he and literally just, just took us. Knows nothing of this. Oh right. <laughs> Well, listen, what happens on tour stays on tour. Is that sort of the mantra that we need to kind of investigate or, you know, input for this? We're thinking of buying our own tuk-tuk. That way we can, you know what I mean, we won't get... save a bit of money. Yeah, Yeah. good idea. (laughs) Good idea. So talk to me, because we we played a little clip actually before you guys came on just about when uh, Irish people, particularly when we see the guards and what happens in the panic station. So what can we expect from this show? What kind of stuff, observational stuff has made its way in? Well, we 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 wrote and shot a sketch. Um, it's about it's about when you drop back a, a book to your friend on a Wednesday at about half past five, and your friend says, "Will you have a glass of wine?" <laughs> um, and you know you shouldn't, and you sort of start off by saying a bit like what we've just been talking about. No, no, it's school night. We won't. Ah, no, geez, no. Well, were you going to have one? I want. But I was going to happen if you were going to have one. Do you know what I mean? So it's it kind of it's it's we've transferred that we've kind of recrafted that sketch for the we won't give too much away. No, no, don't. But, yeah, but it's kind of fairly obvious. I'm just about to say, why don't you just say the whole sketch on the air <laughs> and ruin everything? Why would anyone pay money now? <laughs> surprise and delight. I know it's just uh, we've 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 uh, it's it's one of our favourite sketches, and we yeah. are. We're really happy about that. So it's, it's kind of, it's, that's a real bit of craft. There, and it is, know? everyone can, can relate to that, absolutely. And, you know, these are well written, well thought out, well kind of rehearsed. But on the night, do you sort of, do you go off script or, or does that happen? Oh, it does uh, happen. Yeah, it happens. Yeah, we like to surprise, we like to surprise and delight each other on stage. You know yeah, what I mean? Exactly. Sometimes we just... We'll say yeah, things just to make the other person laugh. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what keeps it so fresh. Yeah, yeah. Well. Yeah, we have to have fun as well. So yeah, it does happen. Sinead, it does. Uh, yeah, and we we're, we very often write a joke. We, we wrote one there recently and we both laughed and we said to each other, that is the joke. This happens all the time, Sinead. You go, that is a killer joke. That <laughs> is my best work. <laughs> It's my best work. I mean, I'm going to go down in history for that joke. And then you wamble out onto the stage and you deliver it and the audience goes, well, no. <laughs> um, but very often Thank myself you. and Sue 
we keep them in anyway because they make us laugh. So we go, okay, you, you don't find that funny. You find all the other jokes funnier, but we're keeping it in because we're laughing on the inside. Yeah, it, I love that. I love that. And you need to keep it fresh for, for each other. Absolutely. So look, at you know, you're going to be in very close quarters with each other, which you're used to, you know, but you're going into different countries, different towns. How do you guys keep it? Like, how do you keep the friendship? Because, you know, sometimes uh, tensions and things like that can happen when you're living in close quarters. Well, she can't stand me, you know what I mean? She cannot stand me. Um, it's just about acceptance. It's about acceptance, Sinead. It's about acceptance. And just go, look, there's nothing I can do about that. Um, no, look, I mean, we've been working together for uh, even longer than Dirtbirds. We actually yeah. started working yeah. together about 15 years ago. So, uh, yeah. you know, it's like a marriage. I'm 12, That's by the way. I'm only 12. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, <laughs> I don't know. It's 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 great. It's a great service for women, and where I feel we, without getting kind of you know serious about it, it's a good laugh. But I mean, it's it. I think we're kind of giving women a lift. And yeah. It's it's a brilliant thing to be doing for for the women of Ireland who are hanging by a thread. Well, I am with you there. I am with you there because I do think, you know, as you say, it is very much geared towards women, even though we like the men to come in there as well. Absolutely. But yeah, we do. And but, there's more and more coming in, sneaking into handbags and everything. <laughs> They're trying to hide behind curtains and putting wigs on and everything. <laughs> <laughs> They're dying to get in. They're dying to get in. Well, I've no doubt you're going to have sellouts all over the place. And uh, I'm delighted that the, the, the Dirtbirds are going on a world tour about time about yeah. time and I'm delighted uh, for you guys and love having you on the show thank you both so so much for joining uh, me thank you very thank much and, and can we thank just say we love what we do you asked the question how do we negotiate that I think at the end of the day we're both very lucky because we're both comedians it's a hard it's a hard job mm. uh, but um, we're very lucky because not everybody gets to do what they want to do. True. And we're getting to do what we want to do and we get to cheer people up and distract people and that kind of thing. I mean, you know, do we do we pull each other's hair out backstage? <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> but then we I've just... Got a bald yeah. patch as we speak. She but has you a bald patch. Yeah, it doesn't matter. She forgives me. So, But thank you so much for having us on and come on, draw the ladies! Get out there. Absolutely, girl. absolutely. We'll, they'll be there in their droves. Thank you so much for joining us. Sue Collins, Sinead Colbert there, Dirtbirds, they are coming to the Crescent Concert Hall. Now, they've sold out April 13th, but they've added a second date just for you, Friday the 12th of April. You can get all the details on ticketmaster.ie. Oh, the 11 to 1 show. Music from Walking on Cars on the way, but first it's time to go back in time. LMFM Northeast Update with Senator Windows. Senator Windows products will help you create a secure, comfortable, energy efficient home you're proud of. Call 0818 On this day in 1932, Johnny Cash, American country singer, was born in Arkansas and today is Carpe Diem Day. So many people get caught up in making plans for tomorrow or living for the future, but only this moment right now is what we have. So Carpe Diem sees the day is an important reminder of this. LMFM Northeast Update with Senator Windows. Creating the perfect home is a journey. Let us guide you. Visit our Drada, Dundalk and new Navin showrooms. Discover more at senatorwindows.ie.
Walking on cars, speeding cars, still to come. Play therapist Melissa Moore from MySpace Play Therapy in Delique is going to be with us answering your parenting queries. That's coming up after 12. The 11 to 1 show. Could a loud lady go all the way to Tralee? Well, the Loud Rose Centre is on the lookout for applications. More details after picture this. Late night text, the lyrics from song. It's one night on LMFM's 11 to 1. Sinead Brazel here with you. One night could make all the difference. Yes, it is the Rose of Tralee and the Loud Rose Centre says they are delighted. They are partnering up with the Gateway Hotel in Dundalk as the host venue for 2024. So the Loud Rose Selection Night is going to happen Saturday the 15th of June at the Hotel in Dundalk and it's going to open at 7pm. Show starts at 7.30 and they are going to be putting those tickets on sale very shortly but they are still on the lookout now for applications. So you can, if you want to be representing the Wee County at the Rose of Chile, you can uh, head over to rosechile.ie and uh, further information about the selection process is available by contacting Claude and Murray. So she's Loud Rose Centre at roseofchile.ie. So all the details. And of course, you know, 32 roses from Ireland and Irish communities around the globe travel to Kerry for the amazing festival every year in August. So whoever is picked in Loud that will also take part in the National Rose Tour and uh, will travel down so that's part of it this year and there's parades and there's gala functions and there's entertainment and there's lots more to enjoy so rosestrelee.ie for all of the information now let's see what is happening in the world of celebrity The Buzz on LMFM keep up to date with all the latest news and gossip on the LMFM app Hi I'm Max Olivia Coleman and Jesse Buckley star in Wicked Little Letters, which is out in cinemas now. It's Olivia and Jesse's third film together, so we asked if they've got any pitches for a fourth. We did come up with an idea. What was it? What were pirates. It? Pirates were going to be pirates. You know, I'm going to have a black too. Yeah. But what were you going to be? I think I was going to be. Oh, I know. She's going to be a smee. She was going to be a, a, a smee. Smee because she. <laughs> she wants to wear pajamas. I want to be comfy on, on her enough. next job. So yeah. I thought she could be. Is it smee or just yes? But the one with that smee. wears a little pair. Periwinkle's hat. hat and the stripy and the stripy outfit. Jar- outfit. Yeah. I could do that. You could do that. Yeah. You could be the glamorous pirate with the black tea. Yeah. Dolly Parton has congratulated Beyonce on her number one country single, Texas Hold'em. She says, I'm a big fan of Beyonce and very excited that she's done a country album. Congratulations on your Billboard Hot Country number one single. Can't wait to hear the full album. The Screen Actors Guild Awards were on over the weekend and Oppenheimer won outstanding cast in a motion picture. Here's the acceptance speech. Thank you so much, Chris Nolan and Emma Thomas. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you for the respect. Thank you for the invitation to play a genuine part in making this uh, scarily important film. Uh, Thank you to Donna Langley and Universal Pictures for believing us, believing in us and in the film. Thank you, Chuck Rowan, Andy Thompson and John Papsidera. Thank you very much. That's The Buzz. I'm Max. The Buzz on LMFM. Keep up to date with all the latest news and gossip on the LMFM app. And of course, all the usual Irish people picking up awards, particularly Killian Murphy at the weekend as well. There's no stopping him now. There really isn't. It's definitely going to happen for the Oscars. It's pretty much a guarantee, I'd imagine. Now, back to the music. Here's Shakira. Shakira. 
Shakira, whenever, wherever. We are returning to our parenting slot with play therapist Melissa Moore for MySpace Play Therapy. We're going to be covering everything from tantrums to how to kind of, you know, deal with grief when your child is experiencing grief and how does that manifest in behaviour. We're going to be talking all about this. You can get in touch if you have a question 086 1800 658. The 11 to 1 show. We are returning to our new regular slot on parenting with play therapist and parenting expert Melissa Moore. She's from MySpace Play Therapy in Delique. And this month we have everything from tantrums to the effect of grief on young children. Melissa, it's great to have you back. How are you Hi, Sinead. I'm good. And you? I'm great. I'm great. So we're going to get straight into it. And we're talking about tantrums and bad behaviour, first of all. And our first question is about a seven-year-old. And this parent says, I'm very worried about my seven-year-old. He's usually a happy kid. But some days when he comes home from school, his behaviour is really poor. He could be screaming, hitting me or his sister and just really narky. Any thoughts? Now, key, he's grand at the weekends. So there's something here with the school situation. Mm, yes. Yeah. This is really common. Really, really common. It's what we refer to as after school restraint collapse. I okay. never think of the words. <laughs> so basically, if you think of, of a child that's in school and having to conform, so having to sit having to be quiet, having to, you know, follow all the the rules of conformity because we're afraid of getting into trouble with teacher or getting sent down to the office or whatever the, you know, the discipline method might be. They're actually putting a huge amount of physical energy, but also emotional energy into sitting and conforming all day. And what happens is, I call it the basket of egg syndrome. So it's kind Mm. of like if you can imagine holding a basket with eggs in it, you're, you're doing so much work to try and make sure none of them eggs fall out and crack and actually what happens is that's what he's doing all day and when he gets home after school his safe place his comfortable Mm -hmm. place where he knows pretty much anything is accepted yeah you know mom's not going to kick me to the side of the road um, those eggs fall out Okay, and it just everything just collapses because they're worn out that little boy is probably exhausted when he comes in the door from having to work so hard all day emotionally physically and then trying to do the academics it's just exhausted when he comes in the door so what I would advise is and I suppose it's really hard for me to give you know thorough insight into because yeah. obviously I don't have the background but but just going on that piece of information when he comes in he needs some time to to regulate himself to decompress to you know make that transition from school to home so we have a tendency or certainly I have a tendency and always had was right okay lads let's get moving get this homework done get it yeah. out of the way yeah? listen it's my house as well yeah. every day uh, you know and, and I have a seven year old as well and then I'm wondering why is he jig acting in his seat why is he you know tutting and hawing and whatever else mm. about doing the homework mm. so of course he needs that bit of a breather yeah so just let them have that breather don't, don't hit him with lots of questions do you know oh how was your day what did you do leave that for a while so and I'll give you a couple of examples of things to do, but but that man will know what's going to respond. What's well. going to why is child's going to respond better to? So think like keeping it really simple. So having a little snack ready, having a drink ready, you know, allowing him maybe to go and kick a ball in the back garden, a little bit of exercise. He may just need an output to get that so stress out of his system, and exercise is a really good thing. He might be a kid that just needs actually to be pulled up in your lap and have snuggles for a few yeah, minutes yeah. or just sit on the sofa watching, you know, a cartoon for 10 minutes with you. So having some connection time there with them um, 
and he might just need to go off and regulate himself. He might want to go off and play in his bedroom for a few minutes just to get away from it all. Mm. And then after a period of time, we start our routine of, right, get out of the uniform, let's get the homework done. But but allowing that half an hour after school to decompress. And then it's, you know, when you're seeing those big behaviours, it's back to making sure that you, you know, you don't take your foot off the pedal and you don't feel sorry for him. You have those boundaries and rules that you've always had. Yeah. yeah like well, the hitting you is not acceptable. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. Absolutely. So treat it, treat those behaviours the same as when you would when he's not at school at the weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, so back in there, you know, it, I, it's the act sequence. So it's acknowledging the feeling. So I can see you're really angry because and linking that to whatever it is that you're seeing the behaviour. So it might be, I can see you really, you're angry because you're shouting at your mum. Yeah. You know, um, communicate the boundary, which is, it's okay to be angry, but it's not okay to shout at mum. Yeah. Okay. And the T then is for targeting a, uh, an appropriate response. So if you want to shout, you can go out into the back garden and you can shout. Yeah. Okay. So it's act. So it's acknowledge the feeling, communicate the boundary and target an alternative behaviour. That's really easy yeah. to remember as well. So act, that's that's really good. And then in terms of, say, the, the sister, and, you know, obviously the sister is fine. She's mm. able to regulate the emotions, all this kind of stuff. But the anger, of course, is being taken out in poor sister as well, which can then spiral into the two of them arguing, which is, you know, nobody wants that. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I suppose what I'd say is, as parents, we need to, does this, it's going to be sibling rivalry no matter what, mm. but ask ourselves, is this an emergency? Do I need to step in or can they figure this out themselves? Because okay. there's lots of learning opportunities in there for the two of them in terms of conflict resolution, you know, speaking up for yourself, all of that kind of thing. But if it's becoming a habit and it's daily and it is just after the school, then, you know, I think it's probably about us kind of, um, you know, trying to figure out what the mood is like Yeah, when he comes into the, and you know, you know by the look of them, mm. you know by the way they speak to you. You know, and, and even sometimes I would say, so on a scale of one to ten, what was today like? Yes. And if they say, and ten would be really awful. Mm-hmm. So if, if they're saying seven or eight, then you know that there is a chance that things, the behaviours are maybe going to go a little bit pear-shaped after school. So what do I need actually now to try and prevent that from happening? Yeah. And is this something as well that this kid could probably grow out of? It's just maybe his age. Absolutely. It it can be age. It can be seven is usually the time when they go into first class, which Mm -hmm. is usually the time of the longer day comes in. You know, so there's a lot around that happening. Um, And I think it'd be useful to have a chat with teachers as well and just see, is there anything happening in school? You know, can we find a trigger in school? You know, does she see behaviours coming up or are they working on something particularly difficult that he's finding challenging? So there can be a multitude of things. So you kind of need to look at it from a holistic kind of perspective. Yeah. You know, don't be afraid to send that little, you know, that message on the, the Aladdin app or whatever it is to teacher and ask what's going on. Um, but yeah, it's it's trying to preempt nearly the yeah. behaviour as well. Um, and, and having the kids, if it be, if it's becoming a big problem that you're having the, the kids kind of separate. Yeah. Um, or she's going to often start her homework before. He, he gets into, yeah, he's, yeah. He's around. You know, yeah, so. great, great tips and act. I'm definitely going to remember that one myself. Now, still dealing with sort of boldish behaviour here. When my daughter, age four, is bold, I sometimes put her on the step. But lately, this doesn't seem to help. I'm feeling a bit lost as to what to do. Now, we did 
have a little like, this is a controversial one the naughty mm-hmm. step isn't it because mm-hmm. I know a lot of different parenting programs you know from a certain side of the globe uh, mm-hmm. would enforce this a lot and now experts like yourself today are kind of going this is not actually the way that we should do this so talk to me around this and Sinead it is controversial and there's still some programs being delivered in Ireland really? that are promoting it okay. yeah and, and I suppose it's what we talk you know we refer to as being as time out mm-hmm. um, and what I would say to anybody out there if you are using it I suppose where do we learn from being a parent to be a parent we have a baby we don't get a book and say okay if they do this we do this Yeah, we learn from our parents who learn from their parents so it's generational but the, I suppose the science and neuroscience and child development and all that theory is changing mm. over time and has changed since we were kids so I suppose this is new information and we kind of we we learn from that yeah and when we know better we do better yeah that, that's my motto so don't nobody please be hard on themselves no, if don't, don't like we've all been there yeah. believe me yeah yeah I suppose that the thing about putting your child on the naughty step is that we're isolating them mm. yeah and it's usually because they've had a big behaviour. So it's usually an anger outburst or something like that. And if anybody's ever heard me talking before or follow me on my Instagram or anything like that, we, you know that children don't develop the ability to self-regulate until about seven or eight. And they only start get grasping at that point. Up till then, they need a caring adult physically beside them to show them yeah. how to do it. So... We're hooshing our four-year-old out onto the, the onto the stairs or mm. up to their bedroom. Actually, we're teaching them nothing because they don't know what to do with this big feeling. And the message that they're actually receiving from us is, whoa, this is too big for mom or dad to cope with. They don't want to know me. They don't want to deal with, with it. So actually what they learn, the only thing they actually learn out of this is when I'm angry, I push that down. Yeah. Keep it inside. Don't yeah. let it out because no, none of the adults in my life can actually cope with it, can deal with it. Um, and that repeated behaviour and that repeated pushing it down actually leads to huge problems later on in life. Yeah. Right, right. Because we then have a child who's who's an adult or a teenager who's never learned how to express their feelings in an in a inappropriate manner, which leads to all sorts of mental health difficulties. So what do we need in that instance? We need mom or dad to actually sit with the child. You know, it might be appropriate to pull them up on your lap as long as you're not going to get hurt or beside them or just put a hand on your knee and just sit with them until that big feeling passes. And we need that big feeling to pass. Don't try to prevent the big feeding, feeling from hitting, you know, extremity. Yeah. Let it, because what will happen is it'll reduce them naturally itself. But it's just sitting with them and saying, I know you're angry. Yeah, that was really hard. That mm. was really hard. It's OK, you're safe. I'm going to sit with you through this. So minimal words, mm. but just lots of physical, um, you know, interactions in, in, in terms of. And that is hard when they're screaming in your face, let me yeah. tell you. Yeah, yeah. Serious. And, and in those situations, <laughs> I would say to parents, you know, sometimes it's actually, it's not good for you because, you know, you can feel yeah. your blood boiling oh, and you yeah. can feel the triggers. And also there might be situations by sitting right beside them might actually make it worse, you know, especially for the older kids. So in those instances, what I would say is sit on the other side of the room Mm. or sit at the door, you know, at the opening of the door, just sitting there. You don't have to, you know, keep looking at them. You don't engage in conversation. It's just every so often it's it's okay. I'm still here. Yeah, we'll get through this. Yeah. And then afterwards you have the conversation of what happened there. What can we do differently the next time? Yeah. Um, But really... The only thing by isolating our children, the only thing they're learning 
is actually how not to get caught <laughs> and how to put me push my feelings aside. Yeah. Um, and you're probably going to have marker on your wall. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And the thing is, you're saying you're so bad. I can't even look at you. You need to go out to that yeah. step like that. And that's and look, that's a bitter pill to swallow. I've done it myself. I've sent them to their room. I've sent them to the step. I've done all that. And like with my son, particularly like that, the big emotions, like, I mean, I'd send him upstairs and, you know, I'd end up roaring at him and then he's roaring back. And then there's a big ricochet of a door slam and there's all of that going on. And uh, all you can hear upstairs then is him saying that he hates me or whatever. <laughs> It's going on. So it's just a disaster. So I think, and particularly for me, because I would be someone that just would, you know, I'd get like very kind of angry as well when they sort of kick off. So it's like that, what you say, having that little bit of distance, but I'm not gone out of the room and let's talk through it afterwards and, and yeah. see kind of where that's come from. And again, this is kind of time and time again, isn't it? It's not like they're going to remember the next time they do no, this. No, I'd like, as I said, like it's, it's, it takes to the age of seven or eight before they get a grip on self-regulation at all so you've got seven or eight years there babies aren't born to know how to manage their feelings we have to teach them and if we don't teach them at a young age then we hit teenagers and adults who cannot cope with feelings big feelings at all so we flip it's no longer time out it's actually time in Yeah. the time in, in is the bit that you're sitting with them through this big feeling yeah so still keep them sit, sitting somewhere, but just don't leave them to their, to their own devices yeah. with re- regards to this. So we did get a message as well um, for you. This is slightly different, but again, the behaviour is not great. So this person says, my father died suddenly a few months ago, which was really hard on all of us. My kids who are aged nine and six years old were reminded of my big parents, so they spent a lot of time with them and were understandably very upset. However, now that almost six months have passed, my nine-year-old is fine, but the six-year-old seems to be very upset. A lot of crying, going to bed and even Acting, uh, acting out behaviour. She's changed a lot. Could this be her way of coping with grief and what can we do to help? I would say, first of all, I'm really sorry to hear that yeah. the family's going through this. Um, but it, So it's six months on and so long as there was no behavioural difficulties prior to mm. the death, then I would make a, you know an assumption that this is probably to do with the grief, yeah. And a six-year-old doesn't have the language, doesn't have the ability, the capacity to be able to come and say to actually, Mammy, you know, I'm really sorry. I'm I'm really sad. I'm really upset. And this yeah. is why I'm behaving badly. All behaviour is communicating an unmet need. Every time a child behaves, whether it's good or it's unwanted, they're telling us something. So it's us. It's up to us as adults to step back, which seems to be what this mum is doing in fairness yeah. to her. And looking underneath and digging and saying, okay, what is this actually about? Yeah. What I'd say to mum as well is what she's describing is actually quite normal and it's quite okay. quite common. Okay. Um, And it's quite common for children to kind of regress sometimes in years. So they okay. might go back to an earlier phase of being their... A bit, yeah, babyish bit kind more of, babyish, yeah. bit more childlike. So maybe not the behaviour of what we would expect from a typical six-year-old. Okay. Um. So what I would suggest to mum is, you know, not to be afraid to talk about granddad. Mm. Um, bring him into conversations, regular conversations at home. You know, oh, you're, you know, your granddad used to love having chips and curry. Mm. Um, having photographs for the little one to look at. Taking her with you if you're go- if you happen to be going up to the grave or like talking about memories. You know, remember when we did that with granddad or we went on holidays together. Um. Or getting her to draw a little picture yeah. of something that she remembers from granddad. 
So having lots of those kind of conversations at home um, with her and just acknowledging with her, you know, that it is really sad and it's really hard. And, you know, it's hard for mom and I'm really sad. I miss dad too. Mm. Um, and having those natural conversations with, with them at home. Also, it's really only about the, around about the age of kind of seven-ish, seven, eight-ish children start understanding that death is permanent. Yes. So this could be, I was going to just ask you this actually, is it that she is maybe not realising and thinking that Grandad will come back at some point or something like that? And it is, it's so final. And then one day they're there and then the next day they're not there. And then we don't know, for instance, as well, was this child at a funeral? Was this child at a wake situation we don't know so there could be other things going on there too Absolutely Sinead and Mum mentioned this was sudden as well so there was no preparatory piece before that you know Granda mightn't have been sick so she mightn't have seen any of that like that which is that he might have been there one day and gone the next Mm. I think it's really important that firstly this child knows that Granddad's not coming back Mm. and secondly that nothing she did caused that Yeah None of that was her fault Um, you know and that Granddad loved her so having those conversations as as difficult as they are um, and mammy minding herself obviously in the yeah, middle of well, all this because exactly. it's, it's hard for her as well. Having those kind of conversations, making them casual conversations and trying to bring them into normal conversations, if that, yeah. if that makes sense, not not sitting down and making it a big deal, deal. because yeah. then it becomes a big deal for the little girl as well. So typically, you know, if you're out in the car driving she might be sitting in the back and have it starting a conversation there or and if you're again, going for a walk. And again, we spoke about that, how it's easier when you're yeah. not face to face. Yeah, yeah. Much more easy, much more easy. And then just in terms of managing the behaviours, yeah, um, it's back to a lot of stuff that I've, you know, would have said already in terms of the ACT, ACT. model. Yeah. Just because, you know, this little girl has gone some, through something awful and really young yeah. as well. And so we would automatically feel sorry for her and have sympathy for her. And sometimes when we do that, we... Our rules and our responses are a little bit more lax than normal because we feel sorry, but don't because actually what she needs is predictability. She needs to know when I do A, mummy responds by doing B. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no matter what, because her little world has been shaken up and it's unpredictable and all those, you know, feelings inside are probably a little bit wobbly and difficult for her to understand. So she needs to know that everything else around that it's the same as it always was. Yeah. Yeah. So back to your act, you know, uh, acknowledge the feeling for her mm-hmm. um, communicate the communicate the um, I suppose like the the, 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 the why. Boundary. Yeah, the boundary. Yeah, yeah. The boundary and target then something alternative response in terms of behaviours. Um, but yeah, m- making a conscious decision to actually talk about granddad. Now, what I would say as well, there are lots of children that get through grief and bereavement you know, I won't say easily, but they get through the other side of mm-hmm. it. Um, but there are also children that need interventions then as well. Do you know, I was she talk to, to say that to you. Do you deal with, with do you take children that uh, are going through ongoing kind of issues yeah, with grief? Yeah, yeah. play therapy is, is really ideal for children with grief because it's it's based around toys. Yeah, it's based around play. So it's not it's not a, a therapist sitting with her asking her lots of questions, which obviously a six year old isn't going to be. Mm. Well, first of all, the, she probably hasn't understood what's happening and can't make sense of the process. So she's not going to be able to have the language ability or the capacity to be able to talk. So play therapy or art therapy or music therapy, anything like that is really beneficial. But touch base with school first. Mm-hmm. OK, because a lot of schools um, around the area have counsellors within the school. 
Some of them actually have play therapists as well. Oh, very good. Yeah. yeah. So touch base in there. See, is there a service within the school or something like the Rainbows program? Oh, yeah. Um, might be running in the school as well. So I definitely, if I'm cons- if you were concerned, ma'am, I would definitely touch base at school. And go for um, it. Because it has been over six months. Yeah. Um, and she might just need that extra little bit of support. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, Maria th- or Melissa, thank you so much for, for joining us. If people want to get in touch, it's MySpace Play Therapy Mead on Instagram, also Facebook as well, and MySpacePlayTherapy.com if people want to reach out to you there. But thank you so much for joining us today. No problem. Thanks, man. The 11 to 1 show with Gilmore's Music from the script on the way, but first it's time for the jobs. LMFM Job Search. With thanks to LMFM Online. Check out the latest Northeast news, sport and entertainment on LMFM.ie. Loud Me, the Education and Training Board invites applications from suitably qualified persons for the following position. It's an apprenticeship instructor in metal fabrication at the Regional Skills and Training Centre in Dundalk. For details, you can check out careers.lmetb and the closing date is the 27th of February. Mead County Council require retained firefighters for Ashburn and Shocklin, Kells, Navin, Knobber, Oldcastle and Trim fire stations to apply. Check out mead.ie forward slash jobs. Don't forget all the details of the jobs can be found on our local job section on lmfm.ie. Ellen. This script on LMFM's 11 to 1 on the way. I've got music from Taylor Swift for you. Oh, the 11 to 1 show. Yeah, there's Taylor Swift, Cruel Summer. Now, just before we finish up, I want to let you know that tomorrow on the show, I'm delighted I'm going to have a singer-songwriter from Loud, SJ McCardle in studio. He is working on a brand new project and he needs our help. So you might recall the fantastic Port project that he was behind uh, last year and actually that was a couple of years in the making. But now he's researching the impact of World War One on Drogheda and its people and he's writing a song cycle on the very subject. But he feels that there is very much a wealth of knowledge in the town which will be useful. So we're going to be finding out more about that on tomorrow's show. That is my lot on the show for today. Thank you so much for your company. I leave you in the company of of Kim Wilde. Have a great day. Listen back to the 11 to 1 show podcast on lmfm.ie or the LMFM app.